We're untangling financial issues. Welcome to Your Finances Untangled with Mo Parag. Hopefully you can tell from this conversation that I am I, I take things very seriously, but I'm laid back. Mo is a financial advisor and partner with Cloudvestor. You may want to do some reallocations based off how you're currently invested. This podcast addresses financial issues for all ages, from those just starting out up to retirees. It's Your Finances Untangled. Hey, welcome. I'm Dave Perkins, along with financial advisor and partner with CloudVestors, Mo Param. You can learn more about CloudVestors at cloudvestors.com. Cloud, like the cloud in the sky, Vestors, V-E-S-T-O-R-S, one word, cloudvestors.com. Hey, Mo. Thanks, Dave, for uh, joining me on this journey. I'm having a great time uh, doing this podcast. And for everyone who is listening, definitely please, first of all, thank you for listening. But don't forget to subscribe and uh, rate me and share this podcast. So wherever you're listening to this podcast, however you're listening on Google, iTunes, Spotify, um, Alexa, definitely rate and subscribe. And don't forget to share. And we've got some great information on the podcast today. And we're actually opening up with, and I'm going to explain uh, your relationship at Cloudvestors with Dave Ramsey, but we're going to borrow a little bit from Dave Ramsey's excellent advice that he gives all the time and that's looking at the steps and he calls them baby steps which is a good way to look at it and uh, showing you how to save for emergencies pay off debt build wealth for yourself okay what well, dave ramsey you're tied in with him in what way so we are cloud investors is one of dave ramsey's smart investor pros so if one is looking for a financial advisor in their area depending what area you're in Dave Ramsey has selected advisors that are that are fiduciaries and that help their clients in the same manner as Dave does, with the same principles when it comes to debt saving um, investment strategies. So we're one of the smart investor pros that Dave Ramsey and the smart investor team has uh, has selected. And he does offer good advice on how to save for emergencies, and of course, he's big on debt too. So. We talk about this, Mo, a lot. It's having that emergency fund. That would maybe be the first step. I know Dave Ramsey advises that is the first step. His baby step number one is starting off with an emergency fund. What's a good and amount, his, Mo, to start with? He recommends $1,000. You know, that is, um, and you, you've heard, I'm sure everyone has heard that Americans aren't big savers and the average family doesn't have $500 to pay emergencies that just come up, whether it's tires for your car or, you know, whatever an emergency happens. I mean, there's a, there's a list of emergencies that can fall under underneath that bracket, but like a thousand dollars saved completely liquid in case those unexpected life events happen. And so that's his first baby step is really starting to build that emergency fund for yourself. What if you, I mean, if you don't have a thousand dollars right away, I mean, you can start it slowly $20 at a time, 50 at a time, something like that? Yeah, you know, what is it? Every every marathon starts with the first step. Right. So, you know, it, it's sometimes it's creating new habits. And there aren't many people that can have $1,000 available, you know, at the drop of a yeah. dime. So it's a goal to get to. So whether, you, like you said, whether it's $20 a, a week, $5 a day, you know, twenty dollars a month, whatever it is, just just use that thousand dollars as a as a as a goal, as your first step to making sure that we have um, a bucket, a reserve, dollars available just in case an emergency happens. Because life throws curveballs all the time. 
you know yeah um, we're we're in a curveball right now Ooh. in society are we ever? and and some people have been fortunate enough to get a stimulus check uh, and that has helped out but some haven't and so just ha- making sure that we have the fundamentals taken care of making sure that you have that starter emergency fund is what dave calls us like a starter because you're not done yet but as long as we can get to the point where we have that thousand dollars available to us that's a great place to be yeah, I mean, we really have learned uh, about the importance of an emergency fund with what we went through and have gone through with the with COVID-19. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are really taking that more seriously, having that emergency fund. And, and, and that's a good thing. And also taking a, a look at that debt, getting rid right. of it. Who does it? Who likes debt? Nobody. Nobody uh, likes debt. No one around my circle likes debt. Maybe the, maybe the mortgage. <laughs> the mortgage isn't bad. The people that are giving you the debt loves it because you're paying them oh, some form of interest. They love so, it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So the more you borrow from them, they love it because they know that you're on the hook for some shape or form and they're going to get some interest out of it. So uh, they're the ones who love debt. But as a financial advisor, when, when clients come to me with debt, um, that is the first thing we start talking about is how how is, how is our plan, the plan that we're going to create? Is going to address debt. I think any financial plan that doesn't address debt is not a financial plan at all. So uh, baby step number two for Dave is paying off all your debt, except for your mortgage. We're going to use that and save that for later. But those debts, the credit cards, the cars, the student loans, anything else that except for your mortgage, we'll start start a, a a game of action, a plan to eliminate that debt. And we'll use the snowball method, which is what I like actually. The snowball method is really is starting with the smallest balance first and paying that off. Then the money that the that you were using to pay that debt off, we snowball it. We use that to address the next highest balance. I'm sorry, the next smallest balance, mm-hmm. and then keep doing it and doing it and snowballing it until everything is is completely uh, eliminated. Dave Ramsey we found that has... to be more successful. Oh, oh, absolutely. He has such great advice. And we're, I mean, we're taking a look at it. And we're certainly giving Dave Ramsey the props on this and as far as the emergency fund if you started with a thousand you don't stop it at a thousand how much should you have in there when it's like okay there's a good emergency fund what should so that have? is that is that's personal you know so uh when i first started in, in the business i had a client that wanted a year of her gross salary okay. saved wow yeah, yeah, a year for, for gross salary. Lofty goals, you know. <laughs> Luckily, she was in a position where she could save. You know, she was a um, single, very high income earner and um, wanted to make sure that if anything happened, that she had at least a year for gross, not her net, her gross expenses. Yeah, that's, that's something else. Uh, sorry, not expenses, her gross income saved. Mm. So it's a personal question, but I find that if you have anywhere between three, to six months, maybe even now with COVID, you may want to even extend that to nine, but anywhere in that range is a good target for us to, 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 to have. And that is, and that is a true emergency fund. The thousand dollars is the starter, you know, to kind of kick it, kick it off, re-eliminate the debt. But now we're going to build that really true fundamental savings emergency fund for yourself. So that is really, if you, in case you lose a job, in case someone is sick at home or, another family member is sick, um, anything that could constitute you having to break glass in case of emergency, this mm-hmm. is what this this these these dollars are for. So yeah, three to six months, three to nine months, that's really a good game plan for us to strive to. 
And if you think about it, uh, the people who were fortunate enough to be hired back after the first three months of what we went through, there you go, three months. And mm-hmm. un- unfortunately, they had to deplete that, but at least it was there for them. Now, as far as uh, we talk about retirement, too, in here and, and, and planning and saving for retirement, what are the suggestions on that? I totally agree that um, saving for retirement is, you know, it, I think I read the other day that only 7% of, of employers have pensions now. It's almost non-existent. So the onus of saving for your retirement is on yourself. You have to be diligent, disciplined enough to start saving for your retirement because retirement can be 30, 35 year journey. And so we have to start planning soon. So saving in your we like to have somewhere between our clients saving 10 to 15%. Now, Dave says 10, 15, sorry, Dave says 15% of your gross household income should be put towards your retirement. Uh-huh. And uh, nowadays, uh, employers are offering 401ks, Roth 401ks, 403bs, depending if you what, what kind of um, institution you work for. Uh, if you're fortunate enough to have a pension, We work with some teachers, so they do have a a TRS that's available to them, which is a form of a pension. So if if we can start allocating 15% of your gross, not net, your gross income, and start allocating that towards retirement, that'll set you up for a beautiful, beautiful picture down the road. And uh, take advantage of those employer matches, too. Oh, certainly, certainly. Free money is what it is. You know, know, Mo, we did a radio show recently, and we talked about the 529 plan. And that's Mm -hmm. another thing is uh, college is not cheap. (laughs) So saving for (laughs) And that can actually help you, too. Help help you out. Yeah, yeah. College is not cheap. You know, I went to NYU, and uh, this is – I don't want to date myself, but I went to NYU, and it wasn't uh, wasn't inexpensive. So (laughs) – we were able to, you know, walk out of NYU without much student loan debt at all. But when we talk to our clients who have kids, that is something they always want to make sure that they, that's something that's always coming up in conversation is what's the best way for us to save for our kids' education? And 529s um, are, are an option. You know, what a 529 is, for those who don't know, it's an account that allows you to save periodically, uh, even or a lump sum, but it allows you to save tax deferred, meaning that as that account grows, you're investing it. And as that account grows, you don't pay any taxes on the growth. And as long as you use it uh, for college qualified expenses, books, um, uh, computers, I mean, even some allow you to do off-campus housing, you're able to use that that account tax-free, which is huge. And so we can start saving for our college education in a very tax-efficient way. So that's what the 529 allows us to do. Yeah, we're looking at how to stay on or start a, a good financial course and stay on it. And we're actually using Dave Ramsey's suggestions as a guideline. And by the way, since we are using his suggestions as a, as a guideline, you can visit his website, DaveRamsey.com, and check out his seven baby steps. And, of course, uh, I, I want you to grade me on this. This podcast, Your Finances Untangled, we want you to be sure to subscribe, rate, and share. Yes, share it. It's good stuff here. Absolutely, it's good stuff here. <laughs> All right, now, so when when do you pay off the home? So if we, if we keep following on these baby steps, so now, let's see, we've got your starter emergency. 
taken care of. We've got your debt taken care of. We've built up the emergency savings. We have a game plan for your kids if you do have kids. Now we tackle the mortgage. Now we start paying off that. that we put we put our foot on the pedal and get going and start paying off that mortgage. The the compounding interest over time. If you're not attacking it as aggressively as you can, you you just you're just throwing money away. And that is a way to be completely debt free. Give us a sense of freedom. Give us a sense of, of breathing room in our overall financial plan. If that typically your house is your biggest asset as far as um, dollar is concerned, so if we can pay off that mortgage early. That puts you in a great position. Start building some equity in that house and puts you in a great position. It's all about building wealth. And if you if you get that emergency fund, if you take care of your children's college fund, you don't have that entire lump sum facing you. Take care of the debt and all then and get that house paid off. I mean, that's what you're doing. You're putting yourself in a position to then start building wealth for yourself and not for other people. It's positioning yourself for success. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and it takes and, and I like the term baby steps. You know, it, it's it makes it seem not overwhelming. More man- yeah. Not overwhelming. It's manageable. You know, it's, you know, I spoke with someone the other day and they were, they felt reassured when I, when I started working with them um, about creating the financial plan. And they, they, they had all these line items they wanted to check off and check off. And when I told them, we're going to attack it, we're going to address it, but we're going to take our time one step at a time. And they, and they were reassured because they thought that they had to address everything all at once. And um, they were trying to figure out, well, how can I slice up my discretionary income to address everything on this list? And I said, we're going to do it one step at a time. So, yeah. So the ba- the term baby step, I like it because it just makes it more manageable. Seems like you can do it, you know. And we did reference some Dave Ramsey suggestions in this first segment of the podcast today. And I know that his suggestions have helped a lot of people. So you can learn more about Dave Ramsey's suggestions at his website, DaveRamsey.com. Got to give credit where it's due, right? You have to. You have to. This podcast (laughs) is Your Finances Untangled. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and share. Very important consumer advocate Dave Perkins here with Mo Param. All right, we're going to talk about beginners in investing and some Mm -hmm. good tips. And actually, you and I, Mo, had a chance to read an article in Nerd Wallet. And it was actually titled How to Start Investing, a Guide for Beginners. So we're going to look at getting started. When should you start looking at investing? I think you should start looking at investing once you, the once the foundation is 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 settled. And what I mean by that is you've got a good sense of your budget. We have our debt taken care of. You know, I'm not a big fan of investing while you still have a mountain of debt behind you. Let's go ahead and address and tackle and address that debt. But once we have that squared away, now at that point, let's go ahead and start investing. It's never too early and it's never too late but that's when that's when i feel like it's a great time to invest don't try to time the market don't say well the market is high now i'll wait for it to go down we don't know when that's going to happen so yeah so once we have the foundations taken care of let's go ahead and start investing but let's not go into it blindly let's let's have a game plan let's have uh, some things some some things to consider before we start putting our money right into the market should you really start looking at it for instance immediately right out of college as soon as you get that first job, should you start it? And certainly starting off conservatively, I would think. But then as you move through into your late 20s, 30s, 
That's probably the time, Mo, would you agree that you're going to want to use and, and utilize the most risk? You probably got the appetite for the most risk at that point. <laughs> and then later in life, you know, your risk goes down. You know, I'm a big fan of smart risk and smart safe. So understanding where you can take risk smartly and at the same time, understanding where we have to position some of our assets and some of our income on a, on a safe side. So, yeah, what, one side of college and you've got your first job, if you're fortunate enough to have a employer-sponsored retirement plan, you may not consider that as a form of investing. You may think of it, well, I'm just saving, but you are putting your money into the market. So, so yeah, so if you're 25, 28 years old and you've got your first job, and uh, they're offering you a, a retirement account through your employer and they're matching. Hopefully they are matching. You mentioned the words, the phrase free money. Mm -hmm. You're giving up free money if you're not investing there, or if you're not saving there. So, yeah, let's go ahead. And even if it is putting a percentage, um, if it's up to that match. So if your employer is matching, let's just say 3 percent, 4 percent, let's go ahead and at least put 3, 4 percent of your uh, gross income into that retirement plan. You'll have options. You'll have different uh, mutual funds you can choose from. You'll have possibly the opportunity to do maybe a Roth 401k or a Roth 403b. Within, those are becoming more popular now. So if your employer offers that within your plan, you know, we, can pick and, we, can, we can decide which one makes the best sense for you. But definitely, it's an opportunity for us to, to, to invest as you're younger. You know, compounding interest is a beautiful thing. And so the earlier you save, the earlier you start uh, investing, the more the interest compounds over time. Compounding interest can certainly work on your behalf and it can certainly work against you. And so <laughs> you want it working on your behalf. And I, That's right. So not everybody walking around is, is Gordon Gecko. So what, what, <laughs> I know, obviously, Mo, you are an expert in this. So it helps to have a financial advisor on your side. And you mentioned a lot of the work vehicles, but what, what vehicles for investing are outside of that? So outside of your employer, you have the option uh, of doing IRAs, for instance. So we'll stick to IRAs are, are retirement vehicles, so the IRA, individual retirement accounts, and those could be uh, either traditional or Roth. But those are accounts that you can open on your own and you can save for your retirement. So if you're under the age of 50, you can put uh, $6,000, you can invest $6,000 on an annual basis into the IRAs. If you're over 50, yeah, you're able to do another 1000 on top of that, so 7000 maximum into these IRAs. So that's a, that's a good place for you to start if you're looking for a retirement account um, that's outside of your employer. If you don't want to have an account that's specifically dedicated for retirement, you can open up a, a brokerage account. And a brokerage account is an, is an account that has no retirement timeline uh, attached to it. It's an account that you have uh, access to at any point, but they are taxable accounts. So meaning that they don't have the same tax advantage, tax advantages as IRAs, but they allow you to invest. You can use the same type of mutual funds, ETF stocks that you have in your IRA, but this allows you to invest and um, still have access to the funds in case anything happens, not just an emergency, but a business opportunity, or you want to uh, save for your, your daughter's wedding, you can have a educate, you can have a brokerage account that's available for you. Can you Mo, break down for us 
stocks, bonds, mutual funds. <laughs> because, you know, a lot of us uh, lay people like me, I'll go over and say, did you see the Dow was up today in stocks and bonds? We'll say that, but I don't have a full grip on it. I definitely need a financial advisor on my side doing it for me. But, I, but can you break it down? Well, Dave, if you're looking for a financial advisor, there's a great firm I've heard of. It's called Cloudvesters. I've heard uh, of that just, firm. Uh, <laughs> they really are good. Yeah, they are good. Cloudvesters.com. You can check it out. Uh, yeah, I mean, I won't go too de- too in depth of what uh, how what what it exactly a stock is, what a bond is, but um, but I'll tell you, I'll give you some general ideas behind it. So a stock is essentially your it's an ownership in a in a company. So publicly traded companies um, offer stocks. They offer percentages, shares uh, of ownership into that company. And so when you invest in a stock, you are essentially an owner of that company. And so you, you're able to participate in the success of the company. Mm-hmm. Some stocks offer um, dividends. And basically what that means, it's a, it's a return in income back to their shareholders. Some stocks are less expensive. And we've seen stocks that are in the, the thousands of dollars per share. So meaning that if you invested $2,000, you had one share of that company. Okay. Um, right. Yeah. It's, all right. Bonds. What are bonds? <laughs> Bonds are a you're basically a company is borrowing money from you okay. in the form of a bond. I'm like a bank. And so com- like a bank. Like a bank. So companies, governments offer bonds. You might have heard the term municipal bonds mm-hmm. uh, or muni bonds, uh, treasury bonds. But basically you are loaning money to these companies or these entities and there's an agreement to pay you back after a certain time. It may can be can I repossess years. the company if they don't pay me back? <laughs> you can always try. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll put it this way. You, you, you Typically, you're on the low list of uh, debt collectors <laughs> Being able to at do that, that point. I'm sure of that. <laughs> uh, but, but, in lo- return but you're loaning for- money like to your county government, for instance. You're, you're loaning them money. You're loaning them money, and you're loaning them money sometimes to do projects, to build uh, roads, infrastructures, um, sports um, complexes, Mm -hmm. and um, sports arenas. So anyway, so you're lending uh, this company or or this government entity money, and in exchange, they give you uh, interest. So they pay you back for the money that you borrow. And and, and it's down now, right? The bonds, the interest are pretty low quote-unquote low if you compare it to the return that you might see in a in a in a stock um so stocks are tend to be a little more uh, i don't use the word aggressive but more growth oriented mm-hmm. more growth ability than a bond so interest can it varies depending on the bond uh, interest that you receive uh, varies interest rate sensitive so as the interest rates in the economy go up, you may see the value of your bond go down. Interest rates go down, you might see the value of your bond go up. So um, there is a there is a, a correlation between interest rates and uh, the bond bond prices. But bonds uh, tend to be uh, more a conservative approach they're to safe. they're safer. Yeah, yeah. safer. I'll put air, yeah. safer. Yeah, I put the air quotes around safe. You know, they are <laughs> again, they are interest rate sensitive. So. You can lose money in bonds. True, true. Some people don't, some people don't know right. that. So, uh, But they tend to be a little safer. What are mutual funds stock. then? What's that? So mutual funds are a, a basket of, of equities, a basket of stocks, a basket of bonds. So it, it, it basically, instead of having to 
to choose your own mix of investment choices. So um, instead of me having to choose, well, do I invest in, uh, I guess I can say these companies' names. Can I invest in Amazon, sure. Google, yeah. uh, Zoom, whatever, Microsoft? I don't know which one to choose. Well, I can go into a mutual fund and that mutual fund might have a slice of Amazon, a slice of Netflix, a slice of Tesla. And now instead of having to choose which one of those companies that you're going to invest in, you invest in this mutual fund. And it tends to be a little less risky, air quotes around less risky. Mm -hmm. You're diversifying your investment choices within the mutual fund themselves. So it gives you the ability to invest in multiple positions all in one mutual fund, all in one account. Okay. I like this. Yeah. We're running it down. What's an ETF? Looks looks and smells just like a mutual <laughs> fund, but but they tend to be less expensive internally and they trade more frequently than mutual funds. So mutual funds, for instance, if you if you purchased a, a mutual fund that uh, or if you try to execute a, a sale of a mutual fund or buy of a mutual fund at you know, 10 o'clock in the, in the morning, that mutual fund or that decision, won't, uh, that transaction won't be executed until the market closes that day. Okay. A ETF trades immediately. They trade like a stock over the exchange. So the ETF stands for exchange traded fund. Okay. So that, that mutual, that instrument that looks and smells like a mutual fund just starts, just trades over the exchange, um, just as fluid as a stock. Right. And they tend to be less expensive than mutual funds because of that. Well, you then at Cloudvestors, you, you know the right blend for people. And and actually, the right blend is varies from person to person, doesn't it? It does. Investing is, is personal. And what I mean by that is everyone has different goals. Two people that are the same age, same income, same family dynamics, if you look at those aspects, may have completely different goals, completely different experiences when it comes to money. And so... When we work with our clients, we put together customized financial plans, and it's, it, it is a plan that looks like no one else's plan because it's your plan. So when we look at investment choices and investment options for clients, it's based off your goals. You know, what do you want to accomplish? How much do you want to save? How much can you save? What's your time horizon? When do you want access to these funds? What's the, the family household income look like? Is there anyone else that's not part of your family household income that you're financially responsible for? Are you charitable? Is there is there a legacy you want to leave behind? So we take all those factors into consideration and put together a comprehensive financial plan uh, investment strategy for you. Um, Good tips for beginner investment tips for beginners. And by the way, you don't have to think of a, an investment beginner as necessarily a young adult. You could be eighty and just getting into the investment game. Yeah, <laughs> you could yeah. Be a beginner at any age in this. That's good stuff, Mo. Uh, I love this podcast because we cover so much, and you know your stuff. So, I mean, it's good information here on your finances untangled. I'm always learning. I'm always figuring out how to become better. And, uh, you know, the world, there's so much information that's being, um, that's, that we have access to. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I know my stuff, but I'm always learning and always looking to pass on information to people. You know, that's that's a great thing about uh, the financial advising industry is that you meet with clients and uh, you're actually making an impact in their lives. And so you're taking the information that you know and sharing it with uh, our clients and making sure that they're making the best decisions for themselves. Well, you know, I, I, I could share information on, on a podcast if, if I 
or to be an expert at something. I'm trying to think what could I do. I could here's here here it is, uh, a mediocre grill chef oh. on Saturday afternoon drinking beer, and and I actually could <laughs> I could do a podcast on that. Yours is Let- headier stuff. <laughs> thank you for sharing with us once again, Mo. Uh, thank you, thank you, Dave, and thank you for uh, joining me. You know, it, this has been a good ride so far, and I'm and I'm looking forward to the to more shows in the future. Mo Param is a financial advisor. He's a partner with Cloudvestors, cloudvestors.com. If you want to learn more about what you, how you can benefit from Cloudvestors and how Mo can help you at Cloudvestors, cloudvestors.com. I'll talk to you again soon, Mo, and thank you for checking thank, us out. Thank you, Dave. And when you start your podcast on grilling and beer, I'm first guest, I promise you. You said you'll be my first guest? We can yeah, do it. on your we, podcast. We can do it from the grill, but keep in mind, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm an expert griller. I'm saying I'm a mediocre griller, and an expert, expert beer eater. drinker. And you're an expert eater. Oh, All right, we is. got it. Let's plan it. <laughs> In the meantime, we'll keep this rolling here, too. We call it Your Finances Untangled. Be sure to rate, review, and share this podcast. New episodes of Your Finances Untangled are available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Mo Param nor his guests are liable for the usage of information discussed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.